He has a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast with your host, Steve Price. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. Who's the boss? We sit down with a yard boy for a grown-up conversation about work and entrepreneurship. Hunger strike? How a local nonprofit is lending a helping hand. Facebook marketplace mishaps. Listen to a handful of hilarious stories from those who couldn't believe what was actually happening to them. These stories and so much more. All right, giddy up. Let's do this thing. You're listening to Price's Highway presented by Price Sells Homes. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. That's 615-497-3317. Now back to the podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number four of Price's Highway, the podcast. And for our Spanish listeners, that would be numero cuatro. Are you like me? Do you enjoy spending hours upon hours scrolling through the Facebook marketplace, seeing what people are selling? I was thinking to myself, what about the transactions taking place? They can't all go smoothly, can they? So I put out a post to see if anybody had some marketplace mishaps, and here's what we got. And we have Molly on the line. Molly, what was your marketplace mishap? Well, I was selling a pair of leather booties on the marketplace, and I had a woman message me about them and uh, told her she could, you know, we scheduled a pickup. Well, the day of the pickup, she, I guess, headed over there, and I didn't make it home in time. Some series of unfortunate events made it to where my phone had died. I didn't have a charger with me. I had my uh, small child with me, you know, throwing a fit, so we were trying to get home, and um, by the time I got home and plugged into the charger, he had already messaged me, and uh, the phone, you know, starts turning on, the notifications go off, and she said, thanks, I just picked up the shoes. Well, I never, of course, been able to put the shoes out, so whenever I'm looking at the messaging, I'm thinking, okay, these shoes have not even been put on the court, whose house did she go to, or, you know, be? What's going on is this lady completely making up a story. And, of course, B did not seem like a normal scenario. So I was like, oh, whatever. This is probably just a simple mistake. So I messaged her back and I said, well, ma'am, I, I actually didn't make it home in time to put the shoes out on the porch. I'm, I'm really sorry for the consolation of you coming all the way over here and me not, you know, having the shoes out for you. You can have them for free. Oh, wow. That's very um, nice of you. Well, I just figured, you know, it was my fault. And these things happen on the marketplace all the time, especially if you buy and sell on there often. So and, do, you um, remember, do you remember the price tag you had on the thing? I don't know. Probably, I think they were probably 30 or $40 that I was selling them for. They were nice leather boots. Yeah. So I was definitely losing some money on them. But, sure. you know, nobody wants to ruin their, their name on the buy, sell, trade marketplace. Oh, no, no, no. A, Never want to do that. No, and people people still want to do business with you. So, yeah. Um, she, at this point, she said, "Well, I actually I picked up the shoes. I promise." And she she kept asking and confirming details like my address, the numerical, and I said, "Is that it?" You know, and she said they were, um, you know, brown ones. You know, and that would ask me a question, and I say yes, but I didn't put them out. I, I know for a fact I didn't get home in time. I have them right here in my hand. So for about thirty minutes, she 
leads me down this rabbit hole of conversation about these shoes that technically did not exist because they were never outside. And then I said, well, ma'am, I have the shoes in my hand. If you'd like to come get them, they're yours for free. Um, and she said, well, actually, I just made all this up. And I said, okay. And she said, I, I made all this up because you wasted my time. And I wanted oh. to waste yours. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely an experience. And um, what I was really thinking at that point is not only does this lady have my address, but she's a little nutty because nobody would make up a, a story this elaborate for the sake of um, trying to hurt someone because their time was wasted, especially if they're getting free shoes out of the deal. Right. That's hilarious. That's it wonderful. It was definitely an experience to remember and one I have kept walked away just in case I ever run into anybody like that again. <laughs> but she didn't give you any bad reviews after that, did she? No. Luckily, that was not a thing at the time. Like, there was no such thing as the reviews. Um, there was no way for them to, like, say anything bad about you on um you know, like race you on the marketplace. It was when marketplace had first kind of come out and there was no way to, to really leave feedback for a buyer or a seller. Do you still have the shoes? I still have the shoes, actually. I have not even, I don't know if there's some bad juju with them and I'm scared to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to just end up getting into Goodwill. They're, they're like the Jumanji game. Like you don't really give it as a gift to somebody. You don't try and sell them again. You just kind of like bury it somewhere and hope that nobody ever finds them because they might be carrying something bad in the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give them to Goodwill. No no one will know. Yeah, just give them away. Ain't it? Problem. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing with us. No, definitely. Anytime. And for another Marketplace mishap, we have Terry. Terry, what happened to you? Well, you know, I did not use Marketplace very much. Uh, it was kind of one of my first times, but uh, my wife had this, uh, one of these shredders, like a almost, not industrial size, but it was bigger than your regular shredder. Sure. She's like, can you get rid of that? And I'm like, hey, let me see if I can sell that on Marketplace. And so I posted it on Marketplace, and I think I put a price of $25, which I thought was a very reasonable price. And pretty quickly, I got a, got a hit. You know, so I'm all excited. And uh, I answer, you know, and, and I'm trying to figure out the software, you know, I'm figuring out the answer back and forth. And I decide to, uh, we decide to meet. So I was like, where do you want to meet? And come to find out we could meet at Walgreens, right? So Walgreens here in town, which is, which is great for me. So I'm, I think, well, man, I can't take a dirty, you know, it's dusty and got, you know, paper and stuff stuck in it. So I spend about 30 minutes cleaning this thing up because I'm embarrassed to, to sell something <laughs> for it. I just was. So I clean it up. I wipe it down. I make it all shiny. And my car, because of the way those things are, you know, you've got the shredder that's heavy that sits on top of a, basically a waste basket. I got out to my car and it slipped out of my hand, flipped. I tried to catch it. It landed in the, on my aggregate concrete. Uh, driveway, which I don't understand why everybody ever has aggregate concrete driveways, but that's another story. And it just scratched the hell out of it. So I'm like, crap. You know, what do I do? It's, it's basically, I'm thinking it's ruined. It looks terrible. So I put it back together, put it in the car, and I say, well, I told her I'd show up. So, I, And by the way, I cut my hand while I'm trying to catch it because the teeth grabbed my hand. Oh, of course. So I'm do you bleeding. have blood everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Blood yeah, running down yeah. my hand. And I'm, but I'm 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 late now, right? So I'm, I'm running over there, trying to find a napkin in my console to stop the bleeding. Get over there to Walgreens. I've just decided on the way. I'm just really pissed at myself. I'm like, okay, 
if she shows, I'm just going to give it to her, you know? So she pulls right up and I get out and I'm like, look, I'm sorry. As I was putting the car, I dropped it. I scratched it up. If you want it, you can just have it. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And then she sees the blood out of my hand. And she feels sorry for me. And she's like, look, I'll, I'll give you 20 bucks for it anyway. I'm like, okay, whatever. You can have it. I said, but if it doesn't work, call me. I'll, I'll come get it. And you can have your money back. And she said, no, no, it's great. And so she took it home and I never heard from her. So apparently, you know, it worked out. So for a bloody hand and yeah, 30 minutes of cleaning and a, I was able to sell a scratched up shredder for 20 bucks. <laughs> and did you use the 20 bucks to uh, get some first aid over at the Walgreens? I probably bought some kind of painkiller over the counter. Yeah. But it probably was liquid form. all right terry that's awesome and on the line now we have nikki who has a marketplace mishap nikki what what happened to you well let me preface this by stating that selling a wedding ring or attempting to on facebook marketplace is not the greatest idea that i've ever had (laughs) but i had at that point tried other avenues and was getting nowhere and so i was sort of desperate and i posted it um knowing that, you know, scams are out there. I'm not naive. Um, and so anybody who was interested in the ring, I definitely scoped out their profile beforehand. Yeah. To see if they seem somewhat normal. You can sure. kind of tell, I think, a little bit. Um, well, I think about two or three days after I posted it, I got a message from a guy, and he looked semi-normal and didn't really put out any red flags. And um, he just wrote the generic, is it still available? Well, I responded, yes, it is. That was it. And probably about an hour later, he responds with, I'm so sorry, I accidentally asked you if it was available. Well, first of all, how do you just accidentally ask if something's available? So immediately I rolled my eyes. Okay, here we go. He's doing a little fish in this guy. Oh, yeah. 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 So I just responded with a just very generic, no problem. And that was the end of it. But Mm -hmm. that was the end of the correspondence on my end. Sure. Well, I think, Probably six or seven hours pass, and I get another notification while I'm at work from the same guy. And he says, so what did he do? Did you just kick him to the curb? (laughs) (laughs) This guy. Okay, first of all, I'm a very open book, but I'm not going to discuss my marriage woes to some random Facebook dude. Sure, sure. (laughs) Not not many would. (laughs) Yeah. So again, I rolled my eyes. I ignored it. I didn't respond, but you could clearly see on um Facebook Messenger when somebody sees your message. So I knew he saw that I read it. Yeah. So I ignored. I hate that, by the way. I I wish there was a way to just not do that. I don't want people knowing that I've read their stuff because I don't want to respond to half of it. But now I'm obligated to this point. But anyway, go ahead. I digress. Yeah. Um, And I think, I'm pretty sure he waited. I wish I still had it. Once you block it, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it for you today. But um, I think it was the next day and I get another message saying, um, so you're not going to give me details of what happened? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you're not going to get any details. I didn't tell him this, but again, I roll, ignore him. I am. Uh, tell, tell him to and... go watch The Young and the Restless. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that interesting. You don't need to know details. Yeah. Um, and then it was later on that afternoon, and I got another message from him saying, so since you're selling your ring, does this mean you're single now? <laughs> um. Well, Hook, clearly you're line, and you have no sinker. <laughs> yeah. 
clearly you have no game and you're single. So um, ignored that one. Yeah, get, and, go, go try that at Gary's. <laughs> Froggy's is my yeah. uh, Or Froggy's, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never been to either one. Yeah, Actually, I think I went to Gary's once. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, and then the final message before I finally blocked him was, um, I'm just curious what happened. I don't know why you won't respond to me and tell me what happened. And again, at that point, enough is enough, dude. You're not getting any responses from me. So what would prompt you to keep going and ask questions? So I finally blocked him. I took the ring off Marketplace at that point and got rid of it another way. But never again will I um, put anything that can kind of indicate personal business out there. Well, that, my friend, is a Marketplace mishap. Now it's time for Price's Headlines. The McRib is back at McDonald's, which of course means two things. One, residents are making a beeline to their nearest location to enjoy the delicious sandwich. And two, they'll be beelining at home to hopefully hit up the toilet in time. And in other food news, Honeymaid, the popular snack company, released a very special sweet treat for the world to consume, honoring Spring Hill's very own mayor. They call it the Rick Graham Cracker, and at last report, grocers are having a very hard time keeping them on the shelves. And this just in, an essential oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. A large ship carrying the magical scented potions hit a rig causing the liquid healing aid to spill out and be absorbed by the vast warm waters about a thousand miles south of Spring Hill. This has left hundreds of local suppliers searching for answers. Essential oil leaders are telling their customers to apply some lavender to avoid stressing out until a new shipment comes in. And finally, it looks like another rivalry between Chick-fil-A and Popeyes, or as I like to call it, Pie Pies, is heating up in yet another category, restroom quality. Chick-fil-A won that battle hands down, and when asked about their big loss, Pie Pies employees said, quote, Well, at least we ain't Hardee's. And those were your Price's Headlines. And now for the real headlines, let's check in with everyone's favorite news fella, managing editor of the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station, it's Mr. Chris Yao. Newsroom, this is Chris. Chris, hey, it's Steve Price. What's going on? Oh, man, what's going on with you? I'm, I'm just sitting here reading this week's paper, actually. Well, what's in it? Well, so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, front page news this week: Thompson Station. We're going to talk a little bit about them, which we rarely do on this podcast. We've not done. We've not talked about Thompson Station at all. I don't think. No, and so, that's uh, where Prices Highway Studio is. Right. So it's kind of cool that we're getting a chance to talk about what they did um, this month. Or, and just real quick, after about an hour of debate. At their at their last meeting and four months of waiting on this to uh, to finally be voted on, the board voted unanimously to approve a pedestrian crossing that will connect Tollgate Village and Declaration Way, which is the road that goes into Independence High School. So kids who who live in Tollgate Village will now will no longer have to go to 31 and go on a four lane highway to get into their school. So if they want to walk or they want to ride their bike, they'll be able to do that without having to go all the way to 31. So that's pretty cool. Safety is really the big concern there, right? You know, you, you want your kids to be safe and not have to, to be 
on the side of a United States highway or prices highway, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> a nice little <laughs> plug there. Appreciate it. Right. And, uh, also on the front page, we have a, uh, you know, the UAW is continuing to strike. They, um, they voted last week to, uh, in a very narrow vote. I want to say it was like 40 total votes to reject the proposal from GM that would have uh, sent them back to work, though the proposal was probably not in the best interest of the UAW. It definitely did not give them all of the things that they wanted and really wasn't a great compromise for them. So um, they rejected it, and uh, that was kind of a big deal. So So what are the next steps? Yeah, they'll continue to strike. Um, and GM will have to come back with something else, or there may be some negotiations, I'm sure, uh, between UAW leaders and GM. Um, really interested to see how that's going to play out. But while they were striking, or while they've been striking, I'm not sure if you noticed or heard about the uh, one of the strikers was actually uh, killed on the overpass that uh, that passes over Highway 31 right there. Uh, as you go into the city limits of Columbia right before you reach Spring Hill High School. Yes. Uh, very sad. Um, and it's, they've actually, they, they're not going to strike at that particular location anymore. They're, so, unfortunate situation there. But for those who are striking, the community has definitely stepped up. Um, the well outreach has uh, has reached out. And I think they supplied like 200 members of, you know, with a week's worth of groceries with one of their trucks. Uh, that that happened last week. Really cool. Um, and proud of the community for stepping up there. So lots going on in the UAW situation. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in the end, but I do think that it's a, it's a situation that's obviously fluid and going to continue to change. But hopefully our UAW members will get back to work soon because there are a lot of people who are not working who aren't UAW members, such as, you know, the Magna folks and, and that sort of thing. I'm not sure if Farisha is, is still making uh, doors or anything. I don't know what's going on there. So local people are definitely affected and it's, you know, it's something that we have to just keep hoping for a good outcome. We talked about this last time about the city branding and it looks like there's some developments in that. What, what have you learned so far? At this point, it looks like um, the city has tabled the vote. They've deferred it to the next month. I don't think they can table. I think it's deferred to the next month. Uh, so they have one month to basically bring a new proposal back to the board. Though, like we talked about, 90% of the proposal was fine. Uh, the information was great. Even the story that they told, um, the only thing in the story that we didn't like was the last line. That was the tagline, feel the welcome. Uh, the Board of Mayor and Aldermen, uh, you know, they, they kind of said the same things that we did. They, that, you know, we think the logo missed the mark. We don't like the, uh, the tagline. Let's, let's go back to the drawing board and see if we can come up with something that's a little more, um, I guess, appropriate for Spring Hill. And I think that's a good thing. I think they did exactly what most of the people on social media were saying. Uh, I don't think anybody really was upset with the story. I think they just 
thought the logo and tagline was a little cheesy and didn't work. So we go back. And so next month in November, the board will hear an updated, uh, you know, proposal and hopefully with a new logo and tagline. So let me mention one more thing in case you guys are out this week and you don't have anything to do. A, uh, a freshman at Independence High School is putting on a, um, a play that she has uh, directed and cast, uh, Emily Ebank, a uh, fantastic human being, just such a, a great kid. She has decided to put on a free program at the College Grove Artsatorium uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. If you can make it, head out there, uh, support her. Uh, the play highlights, I think, nine stories of addiction and uh and basically she just wanted to show that you know not only what the effects of addiction can be but also what the effects of compassion for addicts can change and how it can change their lives and how we can be more aware of what to do in that situation so i think it's a really cool thing again saturday night uh, 6 p.m college grove artsatorium it's absolutely free Go out and support Independence High School student Emily Ebanks as she puts on the story of addict. That sounds wonderful. Hey, thank you so much for the headlines. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. All right. Talk to you then. Okay, before we move on real quick, the date of the play Chris was just talking about is this Saturday, October 26th. Wanted to put October 26th in there just in case, you know, you're listening to this two weeks from now and, you know, I don't want you to show up to the place and there's no play. So I want to thank Chris Yao and our friends at the Advertiser News of Spring Hill and Thompson Station for being Price's Highway, the podcast's media sponsor. Look for our ad in an upcoming edition and take those scissors, cut it out, and get one of those magnets and put it right on your fridge. That way you'll remind yourself to subscribe and to share this podcast with all of your pals. Well, look who dropped by. Hello, hello. It's our presenting sponsor, (laughs) Carrie Price. Hi, everybody. This is great that you can drop by because you've been very, very busy. I wasn't sure I could even get you. (laughs) So what's been going on? Well, I've been working um, around the clock with my stager to and you uh, and a couple of other people getting ready, getting two homes ready for the market. Um, I'm really excited about both of these. One just hit the market last week. Um, It is over in Woodside. It's a it's actually a single family house, not a townhome. But it's in the Woodside neighborhood in Spring Hill, Williamson County, really close to the Longview Rec Center and uh, Longview Elementary School. My favorite thing about this adorable little house is that whoever buys the house doesn't have to worry about lawn care. Ooh, your dues awesome. cover it. Your HOA dues cover it. So somebody comes and mulches your front um, bushes in front of the house. They, they do the take care of the mulch. They trim your bushes. They cut your grass. They even go in your fence backyard and cut the grass for you. So super, super cool benefit. That's great. For someone who's just busy and doesn't have time to do it, um, or maybe is in a season of life where they just can't maintain a lawn, um, but they're not ready to live in a townhouse. They want their own house house. And it's, I mean, it, it's nice. 
It looks brand super new. Super nice. It it is pristine. It's got the beautiful hand scraped hardwood floors. It's got granite counters, uh, big high ceilings, um, beautiful gray neutral paint throughout. The address is ten twenty two Hemlock Drive, in Spring Hill. And this Sunday from two to four, um, one of my realtor friends, Greg Spackman, is going to be hosting the open house for me. Um, it's a pristine property. It will be a great buy for for the new owner. It's priced at two ninety two five. And um, again, it shows like a new home. It's gorgeous. And that's this Sunday. That's October 27th from 2 to 4. Yes. But you also have another listing that yes. you want to tell everybody about as well too, right? Yes. Real excited about this one. This is uh, a beautiful brick home in Spring Hill Place, which is uh, off of Buckner in Spring Hill, Williamson County. Spring Hill Place is a beautiful neighborhood. Lots of custom homes in that neighborhood. Um, this particular house is really, really unique. It's a modern home, but it's got an old, well, I kind of call it an old soul. It's got this throwback kind of old colonial Charleston meets Savannah kind of vibe going on. Um, It's got 10 foot ceilings when you come into the home, um, eight foot doors. You've got a huge chef's kitchen with double ovens. Um, You've got a nice big fenced backyard. But the neatest part is the double-decker front porch. It's got a full front porch on the top floor and the bottom floor. Put your rocking chairs, your ferns, or mums out there. It's just a nice porch swing. It's gorgeous. So this house is really going to impress you when you come, and I hope you'll come to the open house for it this weekend. Um, You can check it out on Sunday at the open house uh, from 2 to 4, and the address is 1389 Round Hill Lane in Spring Hill. Um, It's a beautiful home. I hope you'll come out and uh, say hello. I'll be there hosting. All right. Well, don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Are you doing the nine to five thing, but are constantly thinking about going out on your own to start your own business? Well, recently, Corey Smith, a.k.a. the Yard Boy, came by to talk about his journey from punching a clock to turning side hustles into successful businesses. Take a listen. Corey Smith, the Yard Boy, joins us. Hey, Corey, how are you? Hey there, Mr. Steve Price. How are you doing? Doing okay. Today we're talking about entrepreneurship, and I can't think of anybody else in this whole community that has more gigs than you. Wow. Maybe uh, Google might have more gigs. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring somebody else in. (laughs) All right. Have a nice night, y'all. Tell us about some of your ventures. Well, what most people around Spring Hill and Thompson Station know me Primarily for is the Yard Boy. Uh, that's been a, anywhere from a side hustle to a full-time gig since about 1993. So that's, you know, we're talking about 20, 26 years. And then I've been exclusively working as my full-time job in Spring Hill since 2007. And, uh, you know, lawn maintenance, shrub trimming, mulch, you name it. No, no pool work, just lawn care. There's a lot of it out here. Oh, there's plenty of it out here. Everywhere you look, there's lawns to be mowed in Spring Hill. You've got bacon, too, don't you? I've got bacon, too. And, you know, if you need bacon, I have bacon. And it's the Smith's? Smith Farms Country Sausage and Bacon. That's, okay. That is my family. Uh, it was actually a 4-H project of mine as I was coming up through school, all the way from fourth grade to senior in high school. And I uh, was a state runner-up in the Swine Proficiency Award for FFA. There was only two of us, but I was the runner-up. <laughs> and... Uh, so that's, that's been a deal for us for a long time as well. And people found out about that 
from me mowing their yard just through casual conversation. Hey, we have country sausage and country bacon. So, and that's your parents' farm. That correct? is my parents' farm. Correct. So, what do you do as far as uh, do you do everything, or do you just deliver it, or what's your what's your role in that? I help out on the farm when and where I can. Uh, of course, naturally, with my primary job with the yard boy, I don't have as much time as I would like to. Uh, but the my primary role is in the marketing and delivery of the product to the customer. And uh, it was for a long time, it was a deal where people just kind of showed up at the house and bought it. And as I got more acclimated with Spring Hill, uh, the demand jumped dramatically and couldn't keep up with it. So I built a little basic website that people can go and self-order from and pay. And, you know, within usually about 24 to 48 hours, I'll show up at your front door with it. Making bacon. Making the bacon. All right. And then you have uh, AdvoCare. Correct. And my favorite part about your AdvoCare website yes. is uh, the, the website is www. And you don't have to write this down, folks. You'll remember it. I hate Stephen Price.com. I'll tell you, is that not capitalism in of its best? Yeah, you know, it really is. You know, you, you see you see the opportunity and you seize it. That's right. That's why I had to go to Steve. That's why you just had to because change, of you. legally change your name from Stephen to Steve because of me. That's right. I, and, I, and you I got owned, a phone call, didn't you, from somebody? I did. Actually, when I set that domain up with GoDaddy, uh, they called and said, uh, we think this could be hate speech. I was like, no, trust me, it's not. <laughs> I approve. It is why a not? well-known fact that everybody hates Steve Price. <laughs> well, geez, that, that, makes, that makes me blush a little. <laughs> All right, well, again, we're talking about entrepreneurship, but you weren't always doing your own thing, were you? No, I wasn't. Uh, you know, from the time I graduated high school, I, it had been drilled into me that you have to have a, you know, an eight to four or nine to five, whatever job that you go to and punch a clock. And it was just instilled in me. And I thought that that was normal because that's what everybody else did. And so I did that for a long time. I worked a couple of factory jobs, worked for the Marshall Farmers Co-op in Lewisburg for several years as a delivery driver, and uh, but I always kept that little that little side gig on the side, and couldn't ever I could just never shake it, I couldn't let it go, mm-hmm. and just as the years progressed, the side hustle got bigger and it got bigger and it got bigger, and uh, uh, once I got into the Spring Hill area, it just blossomed. And it took off, and I said, I've got, to, I've got to make a choice. I've got to do one or the other. And uh, I was kind of in that rut where I was tired of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go into a job at 5 a.m., get off at 3.30, and then mow grass till dark. I was tired of it. And I had a, I had a young family that was just getting started, had a, a young daughter that was two years old. I wanted to spend more time at home with her and with my wife as well. And uh, so I made the decision in the winter of 2007 going into 2008 this is going to be it, and just took the plunge. And what about that timing? The recession comes? Yeah, about what the happened? The reso- uh, actually, it worked out great for me. Did it really? It actually did, because especially in Spring Hill, because for those of you that were around back then, you know there were a lot of foreclosure homes back then. There sure and, were. And, and you're probably thinking, well, how did that work out for you? It worked out for me because whether you like it or not, uh, there were people that came along and bought those houses up. They had to be maintained, and I got into a deal with a, with a property management company that they uh, essentially doubled my workload overnight. And uh, as time went on, as people moved into those houses, 
I retained them as customers as they as they moved in. It wasn't a vacant house anymore, and it just you know it took off from there. Well, now some people have grand fantasies about being their own boss. Oh yes, and there's a lot of pros to it, there and is. we can discuss those. But there's a lot of cons there's to it a as well. A lot of cons. But let's let's start with the good stuff first. Okay. What is great about being your own boss? The, the best part about being your own boss is you you set your schedule. You know, you don't you don't have to go to bed at night on Sunday night knowing, oh, I got to get up and go into that job because that was where I had gotten to. I had gotten to where I just absolutely hated Sunday because I knew what was coming Monday, mm-hmm. and I knew I had to. That alarm clock was going to go off at four o'clock Monday morning, and I had to be up and I had to get to work and do something to make somebody else money. And I really got to where I resented that. So. The good part about working for yourself is if I decide I want to sleep till 6 o'clock, I can sleep till 6 o'clock. I can sleep till 6.30. I don't have a set time that I have to be somewhere. Now, I'm starting to learn with traffic. The earlier I'll get up, the, the better off my day is going to start because mm-hmm. I avoid a lot of the traffic early in the morning. But there's that. And then now I have three children, and I have one that is in middle school, and she's playing sports with basketball and softball. If I need to knock off a little early, I don't have to go to a boss and say, hey, I need to knock off a little early. He's like, well, I can't let you go early today because that happens. Absolutely. It happens. So if I decide, hey, I need to work a little extra on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday so that I can be off a little early Thursday and Friday, I can do that. I can do that. Now, my industry may be a little different than everybody else's because it's also relying upon the weather. Right. So I have to work around that. And that's one of, the, I guess, the stress that comes with it. Maybe one of the cons that comes with it. But – you know, you can, Steve, when you work for yourself, you can decide how big you want to be or how small you want to be. And I'll admit to you several, you know, six, seven years ago, I wanted to be big in this field. But I've also learned over those years that maybe it's better to scale it back a little bit so that it's just enough that it keeps me busy. And and there's no wrong answer to it right. either. And you just probably didn't want to manage anybody. I just I didn't want to manage anybody. And that's what it had gotten to. It had gotten to the point that I had to bring people on board and finding the right kind of people that did it the way I wanted it done. And I ran into that. So I said, yeah, you know, I'm going to scale this little deal back and have more time for myself and still be able to support my family with it too. Okay, so flip side, <clears throat> being your own boss. Being your own boss is you never punch out. You right. never get off the clock. The phone can ring on a Saturday afternoon at six o'clock when the balls are getting destroyed by Florida. You know, it can it can ring on Sunday afternoon. People, unfortunately, people do not respect in this day and age, they don't respect your time. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying don't call me, don't email me, don't text me, but you never get away from it because it is what you do. It is who you are, at least in my case. What kind of boundaries do you set up? Do you have any boundaries? I have, I have. With your family and with your clients. Especially, especially since, you know, my family has grown over the last few years. Uh, I have had to set some boundaries. And if you call me at 530 on Monday afternoon, I'll probably answer it. Uh, I actually, I actually, on my voicemail, it says, if this is an emergency, please send me a text. I can respond to that. Uh, I used to, I would answer every call that came in. And I started to realize I can't be shutting equipment down every time the phone rings. And I will, you know, that's what my message says, says if this is an emergency, leave a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I'll, I'll call people in between jobs. Uh, so I've had to manage time that way. But, yes, it's, if you call me on a weekend, I, I'm probably not going to answer the phone. 
But if you'll email me, I will eventually get back around to responding to an email or a text. And I know there's a lot of people probably sitting in their car right now going to their job that they might like and they, they get a lot of satisfaction out of it. And there's probably some out there that probably the exact opposite mm-hmm. and are thinking about um, making their own move. Do you have any uh, advice for those people? If you're thinking you want to do it, start slow. S- just start. Don't wait because the perfect time is never going to come along. And don't listen to the people that tell you, oh, you can't do that. You can always start something in your garage, in a spare bedroom. Uh, if, if it's a service industry, something you can do in the evenings when you get off of work or on, your, on the weekends when you're off. But just start. Don't sit around and wait for the perfect opportunity to come along because it will never come along. That perfect time will never start. It will start whenever you take the initiative to do it. And if it means just a couple of hours a week, let it be a couple hours a week because I promise you, once you start it, that couple of hours a week is going to go into five hours a week, and then it's going to be 10 hours a week. And next thing you know, you're balancing your full-time gig between that part-time gig. And we do uh, live in the Nashville area where the economy is booming, and uh, I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs all the time, and I don't know, you know, what the, you know, what a Houston's like, what, you know, an El Paso's like right now. Um, How easy is it to be your own boss in the Nashville area? We, We are fortunate, the area that we live in, because we have a lot of people moving here. There are, whether you want to admit it or not, there's an abundance of jobs in this area. There are people that are moving here and they're looking for some kind of service. I guarantee you, look around your home, you've got some kind of service that somebody else could do. Heck, there's a whole app out there that markets itself on doing household tasks for you that you can simply log on to a phone, select it, and somebody will show up and do the job for you. And that's one thing that I've had to try to kind of integrate into what I do with my website. I don't have an app, but I have a website that you can go and you can see what it's going to cost to have a job done. And you can order it direct from the website. I have a ton of customers that I've never met. I've got one guy I've worked for for 13 years. I've never met him. And you may say, that's terrible customer service skills. But he's happy with the work that he gets done. Yeah, you've worked for him 13 years. I've worked for him 13 years. He's tickled to death to get the job done. And he's one of the best paying customers I have. I'll send him an invoice and he pays within about four or five minutes. So it's, 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 we are fortunate where we live in that we're in the Nashville area. It's the it city. It's where mm-hmm. everybody wants to be and everybody's moving. You know, people are moving here. We need to put up a no vacancy sign at some point in Nashville and Davidson County and even parts of Williamson County. But no, no, seriously, just keep coming, folks. We, we love you. We, we, want, we want your money more than anything. But <laughs> We want your grass. We want your grass. So uh, it's, We are fortunate in the area that we're in, and we're starting to see more areas like that. Huntsville, Alabama, I think, is going to be a, the next little hot spot in our, in our geographic area that's going to be a, an economic boom town as well. So we're just, you know, and it's the more you look, Nashville just keeps, it just keeps growing, and it's growing out in these outlying counties. And even where I'm originally from in Marshall County, it's starting to kind of filter over into that as well. So don't, don't ever limit yourself and say, oh, there's, not, there's nothing I can do promise you there's always something that you can do that somebody else needs done. And what about talent versus <clears throat> perseverance? Uh, can those two be in agreement? Or what well, if you don't have the talent, but, man, you have the drive? If you've got the drive, drive will make up. Because it, it's, as one popular radio host that we're all 
familiar with in this area will say 90% of the job is just showing up. Right. And I can't tell you how many people that, you know, accounts that I pick up and customers I pick up and just say, my other guy just quit showing up. Now, there may be some of mine that are thinking that here lately, but it's because it's been so dry. Right. You know, I'm not going to come around and blow dust around in your yard just to get a paycheck. But, you know, just show up for the job. Just showing up for You're it. You're going to learn it, whether yeah, you, you have, like, the uh, deep-seated talent or not. Trust me. It, it's And, look, Steve, when I started doing this, I grew up out in the country. There was nothing. You didn't even think about edging and trimming back then. You just you were happy to get the grass cut. Right. A lot of what I've had to do in the last 15 or 20 years is watch other guys. And believe it or not, watch YouTube videos. I've taught myself a lot of things from just sitting and watching YouTube. I'm telling you. And you can learn anything from YouTube. I can fix my washing machine from watching YouTube. But I've learned proper techniques of, of trimming and, and edging sidewalks. And you can tell the difference when you see somebody. They, they may mow, but they don't trim. Or they don't edge a sidewalk or a curb line. That in of itself right there, a lot of times, is what will set you apart from my industry. But you've got to find whatever it is you want to do. What is going to set you apart? What is it that makes you stand out apart from the other 10, 15 people in the same trade or industry or idea that you've got that makes you different and unique? Yeah. And with Yard Boy, what sets you apart from all the other guys or gals? Uh, dashingly good looks more than anything of course but other than that uh you know that it's me showing up i'm the owner i'm not sending an employee out but you know i've kind of over the last several years taken to uh social media with with youtube yeah uh was never would have thought but it uh gosh i was looking at it the other day it's been uh i think it's been 11 years since i made a video about running an aerator in your yard and the only thing that I did with it was I got out in my yard and rode an aerator around, pulling plugs in my yard. It was actually raining the day I did it, so I couldn't do anything else. But when I went in to edit the video, I sped it up four times, and I put the, the yakety sax music to it. And people love that. Tell they they yeah. loved it. You know, here's look at this red, this fat redneck riding around on an aerator with yakety sax playing in the background. <laughs> and it, you know, I think the last time I looked at it, it's been viewed you know, seven or 8,000 times. It's People, marketing. You know, probably 5,000 of those are me, but <laughs> it's <laughs> a lonely Saturday night. Yeah, it gets lonely. So, but no, it's, it's that. And then uh, I think a few years ago, um, the what was the song? Hotline Bling came out. And I, I fully admit, I stole the idea from, uh, I forget the guy's name now, but he had read the lyrics. Well, if you listen to me talk, I talk a little different than everybody else. So I read the lyrics in a YouTube video, and I don't think I've ever told you this. I got a phone call one day, and it was odd. It was like a Missouri number, a Kansas number. And normally those I don't answer because that's usually somebody calling about your extended warranty on your car, or, you know, yeah. affordable health insurance rates, yeah. because nobody else gets those. I'm the only one that gets those. And I answered the phone, and, the, and this guy on the other line, he says, is this the yard boy? And I said, yeah, how can I help you? And, and two, with, with what we just talked about, there's a lot of people moving in this area they're not changing their phone number, so I can't really reject too many calls mm-hmm. because it could be somebody's just not changing their number. Right. And he said, well, I'm sitting in a class. I think he said the University of Missouri or whatever. And he said, it's a marketing class. And I said, do what? And he said, "He said, yeah, our professor found this video of you reading Hotline Bling, and we're, we're, re- we're watching this, and we're dying, and we're loving it. And, and, our, and our professor said, do what this guy does right here. This wow. Is, you know, he's, not, he's, not, he's, he's marketing his lawn care business. But he never once showed you him running lawn care equipment. But look at how many views he's got on the video. And he said, you know, it's, people love it. 
So it was just me with some old hillbilly, you know, slow, drawn-out voice reading the lyrics to Hotline Bling. And I think I got to one where it started talking about something questionable. I said, you know what? That's enough of that mess. We don't need to talk about that no more. <laughs> call the yard boy. Yeah, call the yard boy. And so, you know, it's things like that. Yeah. It's it's so. But, two, you have to show up on the property and know what you're doing, too. Right. You know, if, you, if you show up and you've never run the equipment, you don't know the first thing about it. It's going to be obvious. The customer is going to know. And that's where a good website comes in as well. So people can go in and really look at your work, your portfolio, no matter what you do. You know, right. you want always to have some good pictures, some videos up Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So, you know, if you, and you may say, well, I can't afford a website right now. Listen, there's free websites out there that you can do. You can, yeah. you can build a website for free on multiple platforms, whatever provider. We could sit here and name them off. And the crazy thing a lot of people don't realize is you can go to somewhere like free plug form GoDaddy and purchase a website like IHateStevenPrice.com and just and redirect that URL too. Yeah. And you know you can save a lot of money that way. You can buy a URL for twenty bucks for two years mm-hmm. and build the website for free. Now it may have some watermark and things like that on there, and it may look janky. But you know mine's not the prettiest thing in the world. But like I say, it's kind of like me. It's ugly, but it gets the job done. <laughs> But it's information. It's, it's information. It's it's what you've done in the past that people are hiring you for today. Exactly. And going back to the to the YouTube videos, that's a video I made 11 years ago, and it's still relative today. I can still use that. Sure you can. I can still put that out there, and I can look back and see how much thinner and skinnier I was back then, too. Well, I'm not getting paid a dime to say this, um, but there's another good resource if you all are listening, and you know you, you're thinking about... Uh, taking a jump or doing a side hustle. Uh, if you're into graphic design, if you're into video production or photography or just pretty much anything, uh, it used to be lynda.com. Now it's linkedinlearning.com. And yeah. it's not, you know, I, I don't know how much I'm paying a month. It's I don't want to give you the wrong fee, but it's, it's somewhere between 30 and 40, I think. Mm-hmm. And you have access to just unbelievable knowledge from these experts. I'm going to actually check that out. Yeah. And you get a free trial. And if you don't like it, you can quit the free trial and then give me hell for (laughs) wasting your time. But no, I mean, there is a lot of good information on there. So it it is LinkedIn learning now. It used to be lynda.com. Just for those of you who are thinking about making a leap or a side hustle, uh, check that out. And uh, Corey, man, Thanks for being here, Mr. Entrepreneur himself. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate the security letting me in the front door. And that that valet parking was a nice touch, by the way, too. What about the gators and the moat? Yeah, that that was, you know, it's a little intimidating, but you get get through. Well, we really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Special thanks to my guests, Corey Smith, Chris Yao, Carrie Price, and Molly, Terry, and Nikki for calling in about your marketplace mishaps. And of course, thank you, the listening audience, for going on this little ride with me. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and mash down on that subscribe button right now. And, of course, share it with your pals. And if you don't like what you hear, well, you, my friend, have a fantastic taste. I'm Steve Price. This is Price's Highway, the podcast, and I will talk to you all next time. You've been listening to Price's Highway, a Steve Price totally terrible podcast production. 